Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. And welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Mike Miller, your host for today. So glad you're with us, and we have an opportunity to listen also live, of course, 10 o'clock every Saturday morning here on WGTK 94.5 The Answer. And those of you who are not in the immediate listening area can always listen to us live by getting the app from WGTK through the App Store. That works as well. And those of you who may be listening on a podcast, and many people listen on podcasts, and we're starting to generate more um, interest and put out more of the Talking Money radio programs on, on podcasts. In, in other areas of the country, especially in Charlotte. So if you're joining us from Charlotte, we are welcome you as well. And if you are new to Talking Money, a quick reminder, this is not a sales program. We are not here to try to, to get you in and then try to get you to buy some insurance or some gold or something else. Uh, I know there's many programs out there that are sales programs. We are not a sales program. This is education. So we get questions. And, of course, we'd love to have people call in while we're on live. 877-235-9405 is our, is our toll-free number while we're in the studio. And also, it's, we, we can send text, but since we're doing things remotely now because of the coronavirus, that uh, makes it a little bit harder to get a text. So we, we always appreciate the call. But if you are listening on a podcast, you can always just go to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com and send an email with your question to that, and I'll, and I'll cover that on a, a future show. And, of course, if you give me your information, I'll, I'll try to answer the question even from the email that you send me, which uh, would also be helpful. So, anyway, we've got a couple questions. That's what I want to do today is to cover several questions that we've had from listeners over the last couple of weeks. And it was interesting. A couple of them had to do with annuities and different types of questions about annuities. And another one had to do with a 401k and, and a Roth IRA that we had uh, several weeks ago as well. So we want to jump to it. So the first question, um, I typically mention at least the first name, but in this case I'm not going to because the name is unique enough. Somebody can figure out who it is, but we'll just use the initial S. So this is a, an email I got, uh, and he says, My Roth indexed annuity had its 10-year anniversary today. Now that I'm out from under the surrender period, I was thinking about transferring it to my T. Rowe Roth. He means your T. Rowe Price uh, Roth IRA. He's got an account there. What are your thoughts? Is it an easy process? I also have an annuity that's not in a Roth. If I want to get this out, is it just best to get it and pay any taxes or just leave it in there? The taxes should be minimal. Okay, so I was able to reply and ask some follow-up questions to make sure I understood what the situation was for S and before I tried to answer the question. So I think one thing listeners need to understand first is what is this surrender period? 
virtually every annuity, there are some no-load annuities that do not have surrender charges, and we use some of those in our firm to, to help get somebody out of uh, an expensive annuity into one that's very, very inexpensive with no surrender charges, no sales charges, and no back-end fees and front-end fees and all that. But the surrender charge is there for most annuities. And typically, the longer the period, of the surrender charge period is, and the higher the percentage, the what I've seen is that the higher the commission amount that goes to the agent. Sometimes it's because they, the insurance company has given you some guarantees and has said that we're going to pay you a, a higher amount, but you're going to have to leave it in there for a longer period of time. But for the most part, what I've seen, and you'll see the exact same annuity because I'm still a licensed insurance agent, and I, so I get a lot of information from insurance companies, and you'll see them offer the exact same annuity and different versions of it, and the basic difference is that I've seen is that the longer the surrender charge, if you want to sell that, then they'll give you a higher commission. If you go to a three-year surrender charge, they're not going to pay you as much as they would if you if you let if you sold the client a an annuity with a ten-year surrender charge or a fifteen-year surrender charge. That's just the way that works because they can't afford to have to pay the insurance agent five, six, seven, eight, whatever it is percentage, and some of them are pretty high. And then have you turn around in a year or two and take it out because they, they, there's no way they can make enough money to help make up for that commission they paid to the agent. Now, you won't see that commission. That's something that's hidden unless you ask for it. And I know of people who have asked the agents for it, and the agent has gotten very upset about being asked about it, saying that the amount you see on your statements is net of all fees. Well, I don't care about that because I know that if the higher the commission is, the more stipulations and restrictions there are going to be on that account. You may not see it, but they're there. and you have, So you have to understand that they're there. So that surrender period is very important. And essentially, I would look at it as a guaranteed loss for however long that surrender period is. I know some people buy annuities because they they want to have that minimum guarantee or they want to have a, a product that does not go down when the market goes down but then participates in some form when the market goes up. But you have to remember that there are expenses and there are charges to that so that it you have to understand how all that works and that that surrender charge is there to, to help prevent you from taking it out early and if you do take it out early, then that's an expense to you. So if you take it out in four years and there's still a 5% surrender charge, that costs you 5%. And I hear people say often, I know the insurance agent says, well, you're not planning on touching this for five or ten years, are you? And they say, well, no, no, I'm not. So that, therefore, the surrender charge doesn't matter. Well, it does matter because it's built into the cost of that product. So you have to understand why it's there. So he's asking, his he had a... 10-year anniversary, and now that I'm out from under the surrender charge, so his went 10 years, so he would have paid, uh, the commission would have been fairly high, I think, on that particular product. So now that he's wanting to transfer, it's in a Roth, and so it's indexed annuity, which is typically indexed annuity is one that will have a floor on it, so when the market goes down like it did a few weeks ago, uh, when it goes down a lot, well, that doesn't go down then when the market rebounds, well, it doesn't jump up like the, the market rebounds. And there's so many different features 
and little quirks and bells and whistles with annuities, it's sometimes, I think it's very hard to understand, for most people to understand, but but they are there, and you have to know that they are there. So to transfer it from a Roth, and he'd have to transfer it to a regular Roth. So he has a Roth at T. Rowe Price already, which is a no-load mutual fund company. So when you buy a mutual fund at some place like T. Rowe Price or Fidelity, uh, not all Fidelities, but Vanguard is another good example, then you don't have any upfront surrender charges that they charge you inside that investment. And and the fees are generally pretty reasonable on an annual basis as well, and you get professional management, professional diversification, and so forth. So he's had one for a while. So he's in, and I asked him how what his performance has been on the annuity that he has, and he really couldn't remember. It's hard to figure that out unless somebody unless they they calculate it for you, and they're probably not going to do that. But he thinks it's maybe three or four percent over that 10-year period, which is probably not bad for the indexed annuity. And I'm no, I don't know what the equivalent returns would have been because I don't know the time frame of what the, the returns would have been for a, a, a regular growth mutual fund during that same period of time. But I think typically you want to expect from an indexed annuity something more like bond-like returns. Don't expect it to give you stock-like returns, no matter how much they talk about stock-like returns, in order for it to give you a situation where it's not going to go down when prices, stock prices go down, they can't have it go up as much as stock prices go up. So typically, 3%, 4%, a lot of them have a cap at 4.5%, quarter percent that no matter what the stock market does in that year, you'll still be limited to that amount. So a lot of different things about these, and we'll talk some more about this after we get back from uh, from our break. So when uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about the the uh, situation he has with taking one that's not in an IRA, and and what's the tax consequences of moving something like that out of a an annuity into a Roth IRA that's not inside of a a Roth. Uh, Excuse me, it's not in a Roth at all. It's in just a regular brokerage account. And can we do that? Can we take an annuity that's a non-qualified annuity and switch it into something else that's not an annuity? And that's what he's asking me about. All right, so 877-235-9405 is the phone number to call if you're listening to us live. If you're not listening to us live, you can always send your question to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and we'll pick that up on a future broadcast. I'll be back in just a little bit. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. 
And we're back with more of Talking Money. We're talking about Roth IRAs and annuities and the, the, the trouble it is, if any, about transferring a Roth indexed annuity to a regular Roth IRA at some place like T. Rowe Price. And so I didn't answer the question about the ease of process. And it's a fairly easy process. You, if you already have the account, of course, you don't have to worry about setting up that account. But then you have to uh, transfer the assets. So instead of trying to take the money out of the annuity and get a check and then, and then send the check back to T. Rowe Price or whomever the new custodian is, then you need to use one of their transfer um, forms. So you go online, get a transfer form, you fill that out, and they'll ask you they'll ask you for a copy of the statements. They'll ask you for uh, different things uh, that they need to to be able to transfer the account. So, and then once you once you fill in that form for them, then you go to the the company, and the company will then do the transfer for you. You don't have to do anything with it. It'll be a direct custodian to custodian transfer. Go directly from the insurance company to the new custodian that you have already an account with. If you don't have an account, of course, you want to set up those Roth IRA accounts first. Then, of course, you have to decide which one you want to, which investment of the myriad of investments that they have. He's in the retirement 2035 which means is essentially your plan on retiring in 2035. So in roughly 15 years, he would plan on retiring. And they they pick the allocation in that particular fund based on the risk that you should be taking when you're that age. So they, they, they tweak it as you get closer to that number and you stay in that same investment, then what you're going to have the investment company do, in this case T. Rowe Price, is they're going to start making it a more conservative portfolio as you get closer to retirement because they assume you're going to start taking money out of that. One of the disadvantages to those types of accounts is once you start taking distributions, if if the market happens to be down at the time, maybe like recently stocks were down but bonds were up and you needed to take your monthly distribution anyway, well, they're going to take a little bit of every investment. There are probably eight or ten different T. Rowe Price mutual funds inside that T. Rowe Price retirement 2035. Well, they're not going to look at it and say, okay, let me just take it out of the bond fund, which is up, and not the stock fund, which is down. It's going to take prorated out of all the different investments that are in there. So that's one of the disadvantages to that. So when it comes time to start taking money out of those, I recommend a lot, if it's somebody's not a client, of course, I'm going to recommend that they take some of that money and go ahead and take it out and put it into something, either a pure bond fund or, or even in a money market fund. It's not maybe not paying too much interest, but it's still not going to go down if the market goes down. You can pull your money out of that. So it takes three months, six months, maybe a year's worth of income need out and put it into a separate account. That would be a short-term bucket. And then you'll just take it out of there for the next year and let the retirement fund just do its thing and invest as as it normally would. And you're not worried about what whether or not it's taking funds out when something's down or something's up, that kind of thing. So the annuity that's not in a Roth. So he wants to get that out as well. And so that is a little different process. So if you've got an annuity that's, that's not in an IRA, not in a Roth or not in a traditional IRA, then it's a non-qualified annuity. The non-qualified annuity has a potential taxable event when you liquidate that contract. So if you put in $10,000 and you kept it for 10 years and it's now worth $12,000 or $13,000 and you liquidate it, 
even though you're going to put it back into another investment, then that $3,000, dollars $3, of gain becomes taxable income the year that you do that. So you have to be careful, and that's why some people will, and one of the other questions we'll talk about a little later in the program came from Bill, and he was doing it at 1035 Exchange. So one of the ways to eliminate, or not eliminate, certainly never eliminate the taxes, but defer the taxes for the IRS standpoint is to do a 1035 tax-free exchange. When you do that kind of exchange, you your basis, your gain transfers from one contract to the next contract, and you don't pay taxes on it right then. It defers that gain a little longer. Uh, but then, of course, you're getting into another annuity. So if you get one into one of those other annuities that's very inexpensive, then then that's that's at least a better deal. Then you're not having the a new surrender charge. You're not having to pay a new commission. There's a lot less expenses. And there are some out there that are no-load uh, fixed and indexed annuities that are out there that you could use to replace this with. But if you want to go just to a regular account, then you have to pay the taxes on that first. So it depends what your tax bracket is, what the the new fund, there's some that you could transfer a fixed indexed annuity into a variable annuity, and that variable annuity would have investment options similar to what the T Row price would have. It's going to be a more expensive way to get the same type of investments, but it will at least defer the taxes. So it's an expensive way to do it, but it's less expensive from a tax standpoint. If you can take the money out and stay in a, in, in, let's say, essentially the same tax bracket you're going to be in when you were going to take the money out anyway, then you're really not much worse off. You've, you've, uh, for, uh, you didn't, you didn't get the benefit of having the tax deferral, the, the earnings on the, on the uh, taxes, the taxes on the earnings are not paid till later, so you get the benefit of kind of making money on the, what you would have paid in taxes. But if it's going to be a 12% tax bracket, that's not going to be too bad. So you pay the taxes and you put it into the new fund, and, and o- over time, then if it's a less expensive way to invest and you're getting the same or a little higher return, that's going to be better off for you long term. But to, to avoid the taxes completely, you would need to do a, a 1035 exchange to do one from one annuity to another. You could even do a, a life insurance policy to annuity. We've done those before to, to where you uh, avoid the gain or you defer the gain a little bit uh, longer because you keep it in the same type of contract. So then whenever you take it out, and you've got to remember what your basis is, and we'll talk about this after the break, know what your basis is because you and or your heirs, your loved ones, the beneficiaries, are going to end up having to pay the the money on the the taxes on that gain, whatever that might be for that period of time. So you got to be really, really careful with that. So that was um, S's question about a Roth IRA, Roth indexed annuity, moving it to a regular uh, indexed annuity. So watch out for the surrender charges. Uh, I, be careful if you're working with an agent who says, yes, I can put you into this other one and we've got uh, other money that we can add to the account because it's a little bonus at the front end. You know, that's got to, that's got to cost somebody somewhere sometimes. So you really want to be really, really, really careful with that. And, as, and especially if they tell you, well, you don't pay any commissions. That gets paid by the marketing budget of the insurance company. Well, I just wouldn't do business with somebody like that. That's just a, a that's so deceitful that I think you, it doesn't, um, it's not somebody you want to work with because that's not the case. Uh, if you, if you, if if you did not invest that money in that 
annuity, then there's not going to be anything there to pay that agent with. So he's got to get the money from you, the insurance company does, and then they're going to take part of your money and give it to that agent. And he gets all of his money up front as opposed to the way the way I work and our firm works at Ronald Blue Trust. I mean, we charge, we don't have any any commissions on front end, big front end fees. We take the money, we start investing it, we charge a fee per year. And if you want to get out after six months or a year, you just get out. Whereas if you make a mistake with an annuity and don't get the right one, then it's going to be more difficult and very expensive to get out of that. So I, I like to think of it as a very expensive way to get a guarantee. There are other ways to get guarantees, I think, that are much, much better. And, and one of the things you have to keep in mind is that you might avoid the guarantee of fluctuation or the, the risk of fluctuation in your account. But that could expose you to another risk, which is the risk of loss of purchasing power and not keeping up with the cost of living in your account. Because just like if you put everything in a CD or put everything in a treasury, if you get too conservative with something and inflation is is higher than what you're earning, then you're going backwards. Now, if your account's high enough, that won't matter because you can still live off the, the money whether you had any earnings or not. And that's certainly something you want to keep in mind. But and but why are you investing the money? Is it for you, for your potential long-term needs, or is it for the, the, the children? You really don't think you'll spend it, and it's something that they'll do. Uh, they'll spend long time after you're gone, and and that's really why you're investing it for your kids, or maybe for even your your grandkids. So we got to wrap things up here for this part of the program. But of course, if you have any questions or would like to learn more about any of the topics that I've covered on the program today, you can always reach out to your financial advisor, your CPA, your tax attorney, whoever your professional is. Now, we believe, however, it's very important to work with an advisor who shares your values and your biblical worldview. So for more information, you can always call me, Mike Miller, at 800-588-PLAN. That's 800-588-7526. Or you can send an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. That's mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. And, of course, you can always ask a question uh, right at that same email. So if you've got a question, some burning question, you want to talk to somebody who's not trying to sell you something, then that's that's what you want to – that's that's a good place to – to uh, ask that question, and we'll, we'll do the best we can to answer that question for you. All right, we'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit? Which is usually the common perspective. Or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, Director of Family Matters, said it well. Quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan, a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation, unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. 
You can find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Mike Miller, your host for today. So glad you're with us, whether you're listening live, as we hear, are here every Saturday morning at uh, 10 o'clock from uh, the studios, typically the studios on Wade Hampton Boulevard, but now I'm in the, my office studio. And whether you're listening by a podcast, so we're happy to have you listen either way. If you've got a question for me, 877-235-9405 is the live call-in number. Or if you are listening by podcast, you'll just need to uh, send an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. You can also go to talkingmoneyradio.com if you want to listen to former episodes, former uh, shows that we have done on a lot of different topics. So you can do go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com, click on the radio show tab, and that will take you to the section that has all the recordings of the shows I've done for, for years, actually. And you can go by topics. So you, you'll have the, some of the topics, many of the topics are listed there for you, or you can do a search by a particular topic, and it'll come up with all the different shows that I've done that, that at least some portion of that show I discussed that particular topic. So a valuable resource for you if you go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com. But there again, if you've got a question for me, whether you're listening live or or not, you can always send that question to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. So a couple of questions I've had over the last couple of weeks. Uh, one came from Mike uh, who said, he would you a simple question about a 401k, would you bypass a 401k and go straight to a Roth? So I assume the question there is, I'm working for a company, I have the option of doing a 401k, a traditional 401k, not necessarily a Roth 401k, and I'm thinking about instead of doing that, I'll just use go directly, not participate in that 401k at my company, and go directly to a Roth uh, IRA and put the money in there. So a couple things you have to look at is what your what your tax deduction is. So if you're putting it into a 401k, that's a traditional 401k, you get a tax deduction for the year that you make that contribution. So your your income gets reduced by the amount of money you put into that 401k. And another, the biggest consideration would be is what is the match? So is your company going to match the money that you are putting into that account? And if they're going to match, then I don't think there's any question you want to go directly to the 401k and make a match and not skip it and go straight to a Roth IRA. So that that to me just makes it a no-brainer. You're you're giving away free money if you don't if if you don't participate in a 401k that says you put in 6 and the company puts in 3 or some version like that. That's a fairly typical match. You put in 6% of your salary, they put in 3 and that's an extra 3% of your salary that you're forgoing if you just don't do it. Now, once you hit the max and you're getting all the the match that you're going to get, so you've hit the max match, and spit that out for you three times. So if when you're there, then you might think about going to a Roth because there's not going to be, a, if you don't need the tax benefit, if you don't need to put or don't want to have the extra tax deduction, so maybe you're in a, a 12% federal income tax marginal bracket, and you're probably going to be in a 12% marginal bracket when you retire. Maybe it's going to be a lower one. 
then then it really is not going to make a lot of difference. You can be a, a traditional or a Roth, but we don't know what the tax rates are going to be. So we can assume they're going to be the same, but they may not be the same. So having a mix of taxable and non-taxable assets is really a key at retirement. Because when you're trying to do your tax planning, when we're working with a client trying to figure out what's the best vehicle to take the money from to provide this client's monthly income, so we're going to look at the tax benefit, the, the tax ramifications as well. So if you are in a 22% federal income tax bracket and taking more money out of a traditional IRA, traditional 401k may put you into the next bracket, it's going to put you up to the 24%, or maybe you're going to go from 24 to 32, or 22 to 32. You look at those tax brackets and and try to to minimize the taxes by pulling funds out of the right kind of an account. So a, a huge income tax and retirement planning strategy that we use is, and that you need to consider is look at your marginal tax bracket. You need to know what that marginal tax bracket is so you can do this kind of planning. So what in the world is the marginal tax bracket? <laughs> How does that work? So if you look at the tax tables, your your income is taxed at different levels. So it's going to be 0% for a while because you've got your standard deduction that you have, and it's a higher standard deduction if you're over 65, you're 65 or older. You get the extra deductions there. And then it starts getting into the 10% bracket, so part of your money is taxed. So for 2020, the first 19750 of taxable income, so taxable income is the amount after your standard deduction and any other credits and deductions that you may have. But for most people, the standard deduction, maybe the itemized deduction if you're itemizing deductions. So after that, the first 19750 is at 10%. This is married filing jointly. And then once you get up between 19750 and 80250 then you're at 12%. And once you get above 80250 of taxable income, then just always keep that straight. What's my taxable income versus what my total income is? So your taxable income is the amount after you take the deductions and credits and so forth. So the taxable income then is 22%, and that's the same up until $171,050 of taxable income. So knowing what those brackets are, you'll know, okay, if I'm at 80250 taxable income now, and that's taking uh, whatever part of my Social Security is taxed, and you have to consider that as well, and how much of my pension income is taxed, and, and how much my IRA distributions are taxed, and I'm up to 80250 but I need to have some more income just for my normal expenses, or maybe I need some income for a one-time thing, like I'm going to buy a car and want to buy it with cash this year. Where do I get those funds? Well, you, you don't want to take those funds, if you can help it, from the IRA because that's going to put you all into the 20. All that IRA distribution is going to put you in the 22% bracket, whereas before that you were in the 12 because your taxable income stayed at 80250 for 2020, stayed at 80250 or below. So you want to get that from a, a different source. So maybe you have a Roth IRA. Maybe you've got some regular brokerage account money that you can sell. So if you can if you can sell a an asset that has a long-term capital gain, so something you bought some time ago and it's worth more, you've held it for longer than 12 months and it's worth more than you paid for it, then you can sell that. And uh, unfortunately now, if you sell it and your taxable income is already at 80,250, you're going to be taxed at 15%, but it's going to be 15%, not 22%. So that's still a better deal. Now if you can 
if you can try to play the game where your taxable income from regular sources is less than eighty thousand two fifty, and then you can sell something that has a long-term capital gain, that long-term capital gain percent will be just what you want to hear, zero percent. So when you sell a long-term capital gain property, and your taxable income is in the twelve percent marginal bracket or less. None of the proceeds can put you over that 12% bracket, but if it's less than that, it's actually 0%. So, so I would advise a lot of people who don't even need to sell an asset, if you've got some gain in it, and if you can sell it and not pay any taxes on it because you're in that 12% tax bracket, go ahead and do it. And then you can go ahead and, and buy the, the property again, because if you've got a gain on it, there's, there's no 31 day requirement that you have to wait. You can just buy the property back again because you're paying tax on the gain. But now you've bought, repurchased it at a higher price. And when you purchase it at the higher price, then of course your cost basis for tax purposes is now higher. So when you go to sell it in another five years from now, maybe you've already held it for five years, you've got some gain in it, you sell it, you create the capital, long-term capital gain, and you pay no taxes on it, but you reinvest at the higher price. And then when you sell it five years from then, the cost basis is going to be from when you repurchased it, not from when you purchased it the first time. So it's a way to, to play the system, but you have to know what your marginal tax bracket is, which is the highest, the last, how much your last dollar of earnings, taxable earnings, is taxed at. And you need to know what those tables are so as best you can so that you can try to minimize the amount of taxes that you have as when you're selling, when you're taking money out. So having some money that's in a traditional IRA, some money that's in a Roth, some money that's in just a regular brokerage account that has regular long-term capital gains in it, if you've got multiple sources to pull from to get your retirement income, that's a, a better way, a better tax planning way, and it certainly gives me as an advisor a lot more flexibility. If all you have is an IRA, and you brought it in from a 401k. Well, there's nothing much we can do. If you need the money, you need the money. We have to take it out. Maybe it might be better even to borrow some money for a few years so that you don't have to take money out at a higher tax bracket. That's that's certainly another option. But those are a lot of things to consider there. All right, we get back from the break. I had a question from Bill. And this is back to annuities. He's talk, We're talking about exchanging one annuity for another in the 1035 exchange and how to keep track of that. And it's so important to track that basis information. So we'll talk about that when we get back from the break. 877-235-9405 is the phone line if you're listening live. Or, of course, a reminder, Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com is where you can email a question, and we'll cover that on a future episode of Talking Money. We'll be right back. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they are being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust Advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the Business Consulting Division can help you define your company's culture and, very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. 
That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. It's glad to have you with us again, whether you're listening to a bodca- our podcast or you're listening live here at, at the studios at WGTK 94.5. Download that app if you want to listen live wherever you are in the, in the world, I guess. Wherever apps, uh, whatever apps are available, you can listen to it anywhere in the world and you can listen to it live. Or you can always listen to a podcast. So TalkingMoneyRadio.com is the website. If you've got a question for me, you can always send it to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and we'll make sure we cover that on a future uh, episode of Talking Money. So the the last question we'll cover today comes from Bill, so I'm going to paraphrase it because this was a, uh, a phone call I received. So he exchanged an annuity for another one last year. Originally, he had done a 1035 exchange in the early 80s, so it goes back a little while. However, he, when he did, when he exchanged an annuity for la, the one last year, he forgot to do a 1035 exchange. So he created a taxable event, and he, and he failed to tell the agent. The agent never asked, I guess, where this money's coming from. Uh, it would have been a, a, always a good question for the agent to ask, where is this money coming from? Did it come from an annuity? But by the time he got it, he already got the check in hand. So it's too late to do the 1035 exchange, tax-free exchange, if you uh, liquidate the contract and just get the money, then you can't do the 1035 exchange because you, you created the taxable event for yourself. So these are a, a taxable or what we call non-qualified annuities, which means they're not inside of an IRA, a Roth, or a traditional IRA. They're just regular accounts. They are tax-deferred. So when you buy a non-qualified annuity, one of the advantages, I'll say two advantages, one is that the the money is not taxed to you. So if you were in a higher tax bracket than you expect to be in retirement, then the funds that you earn, you're not going to pay taxes on it now. You won't pay taxes on it until you take the money out whenever that is later. Now, you have to wait till past age 59 and a half, or you can have a 10% penalty on the earnings portion just like you would an IRA distribution. So you want to be careful with that. But after 59 and a half, you can take the money out and pay taxes at your then current bracket. Now, if you're going to be in the same bracket 20 years from now that you are right now, and, and we think tax brackets stay the same, which we don't know, of course, then there's not really much of a, an advantage to you to do that. You can go always invest in long-term capital gain property and maybe even have less to pay in taxes doing that. But one of the ways to avoid the taxes now, I've, I've talked about this before, is do a 1035 tax-free exchange. But it has to be done while the contract is still in existence and in force. And one of the important things to remember when you do this, and the agent should be able to help you do this 1035 exchange, but just be careful while you do it. Now, in Bill's case, he said he did it because the insurance company he was moving the money to was going to pay a higher rate than the company had. It was just a regular fixed annuity. It wasn't an indexed annuity. It was just one that paid a, a guaranteed rate, and the insurance company would determine what that rate is every year, every six months, and so forth. So it had a very attractive rate, he said. So he bought into that and did a 1035 exchange. I guess he's done a couple of them and did that. But then last year, when, when that company stopped paying the high rate, so it had a great rate, a kind of a teaser rate to get you in the door. And once he got in the door and then the rate dropped in the future years, he said, okay, 
and then I don't want to keep this in anymore. It's going to cost me more money. That extra I got that first year is not worth the lower return I'm going to get now. So you, you have to look at a contract and see what their history has been. Don't just look at what their bonus rate is or what they say the rate might be currently. Look at what their history has been because you don't want them to have a loss leader type of annuity where like some some retail outlets will give you know big discounts on certain items to try to get you in the door and then they'll sell you something else you'll buy something else while you're there so insurance companies do the same thing they might have a bonus situation that bonus oftentimes is there because you're already in an annuity that you've held uh, less than say 10 years and there's still a surrender charge so let's say well well, you can still surrender this and put in this even nicer annuity than you're in because that uh, we're going to pay you a, a double-digit bonus to your account. Well, ask some questions about that bonus. What what is What are the restrictions of that bonus? Now, they can't put 10% into your account and say, all right, uh, you can keep that in there for a year or two, and then we'll let you take it back out. No, that's not going to happen. From what I've seen, 10 years is a pretty common length of time that you have to leave a contract in there. And for the most part, most times, the bonus is not put in your regular account. Your account balance is put into your income account. So these annuities typically have more than one bucket, I call them. So you have an income bucket and you've got an account value bucket. So if the bonus goes into the income bucket, you're never, ever ever going to have access to that as a lump sum. Wait 10 years, wait 20 years, it doesn't matter. It's, it's in the income bucket. You're going to have to take it out as income and make sure you live long enough to get it out. Because so, one thing that happens is you might start taking money out of the income bucket and think this is great. When my wife and I, my spouse and I pass, the kids will get what's left in the income bucket. Well, ask this question. What happens when my, my spouse and I are gone? Do the, do my loved ones get the amount that's in the this income bucket that you put this extra bonus in, or does it now revert to the account value bucket? I think most of the times you're going to find out it goes back to the account value bucket, which is not as high typically as the income bucket. So this is where it gets confusing, and this is one of my biggest beefs, I guess, with with agents who sell these products is they're not totally forthright on all the different questions you should be asking and all the different features. And then and, and another thing is, and this is a little off topic with the 1035 exchange, is I've seen too many times where uh, prospective clients come in and they put half a million, they put a million into an annuity. They put 50% or 100% of their money into this annuity. The insurance agent just sold them on that guarantee, and that expensive guarantee, but they don't realize it is. And then what happens is the year later or two years later, the insurance companies keep tweaking these things and coming out with with different bells and whistles, different versions. And the same agent can come back to you two years later, five years later, and say, well, we have this better product. You need to change it to that. Well, that's why I would recommend it. If you're going to buy an annuity, and typically I don't recommend that you do that, but if you're going to buy an annuity, buy more than one. Don't put it all in one type of contract. Contact several agents. Get them talking about it to against each other, and you'll get more information if you have them competing with each other, and you're more than likely going to get a better contract 
if you have them competing each other than if you just uh, talk to one insurance agent because they seem nice, they seem to know what they're doing, they go to my church, they're a deacon at my church, whatever it is. I think that's that's probably a that's probably something to to watch out for if they're if they're in your church and they're trying to sell you an annuity. Because I, I rarely see, I don't know if I've ever seen an annuity. Actually, somebody just went out, researched, bought an annuity. It was sold to them somehow. Somebody had to come out and sell them. Because when you start doing more research on the annuities, you see how confusing they are. And you see the restrictions that are built into those. Because uh, they're very, very expensive. And as I said, as I said before, the surrender charge is essentially a guaranteed loss for however long that surrender charge is. If you want to get that money out because it's not, the contract is not performing as you thought it was going to perform or thought it should, you're stuck. You can't get out of it because it's all in this one contract with this surrender charge. So understand what your basis is. So if you're going to change from one annuity to another, non-qualified, and you're going to do a 1035 tax-free exchange, make sure that the new company gets the basis of the old company, transfers the basis to the new company. So that, that down the road, when you're ready to liquidate that contract or your family is ready to liquidate it because you passed on it and they're the beneficiary of it, that they know what the basis is. It's important that they know how much they can take out that's taxable and how much was your original contribution. And if somebody did uh, one or multiple 1035 exchanges over a period of time, like Bill did going back to the 80s, and he's done several since then, you need to make sure you track that basis because if you don't, it's going to be very hard, and the, the IRS is going to say it's all taxable. You don't have any record of what your basis is. So you want to you want to keep track of what that that basis is for forever until those things get get liquidated. So understand what the insurance contract is paying. And and I think if you just would think about think through because there's a lot of scare tactics going on here lately with the market doing all the volatility it's doing. The insurance agents are coming out in droves trying to figure out trying to get you to buy their product to say I've got these guarantees. I just I just wouldn't look at that on the short term basis like that. It's just not worth it to me. Uh, I don't think it is to you either. It's too expensive. So we've got to wrap things up. But, of course, if you have any questions or would like to learn more about any of the topics that I've covered in the program today, you can reach out to your financial advisor, maybe your CPA or your tax attorney, whoever your professional is. But we believe, however, I really believe strongly it's very important that you work with an advisor who shares your values and your biblical worldview. So for more information about that, please call me, Mike Miller, 800-588-PLAN. That's 800-588-7526. Or send an email to mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. That's mike at talkingmoneyradio.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time for the next Talking Money.